Join now on the flagship podcast preview as we look ahead to Texas and Baylor. Uh, my longtime talk show host in uh, in and around the Waco area. Uh, you can hear him on Sikkim 365 Radio, the one and only David Smoke. Of course, I've known you, Smokey, uh, from back when I was covering the Cowboys, and yeah, we yeah. were you know doing that stuff together. But uh, man, it's it's uh, it's good to be talking college football in Mad Dog 2020, right? No, it is, and it's good that Baylor apparently is going to play another game. It's been <laughs> what seemed like constantly a roller coaster of emotions and ups and downs, and they just happen to be tag, you're it, you know, and it's a crazy story. But, yeah, it appears as if all indications is everything's headed for Saturday in, in Austin. Yeah, and that's uh, – I mean, it is something. I mean, Baylor's played two games, mm-hmm. and they've had, obviously, you know, just talk about it. I know you've had – Athletic Director Mac Rhodes, on your show, you've talked about the COVID-19 situation. How would you characterize what Baylor's gone through so far this season? I would say it's been, uh, you know, I remember Mac even back in May or June saying the one thing you have to expect about 2020 is anything, you know, you know the unexpected. But it was when you when you cover a team and then all of a sudden they're the ones that are in the crosshairs. Initially, their opening game with Louisiana Tech, it was Louisiana Tech who had the, the flare-up on a Tuesday. So you have that delay uh, or cancellation. And then the following week, you know, you try to get the game together so quickly with Houston, and both programs did a great job making that happen. And then on Friday, all of a sudden, there's some whispers that start coming down late Thursday that they had a flare-up. And sure enough, they did. You know, the, the antigen test on Friday just blew them out of the water and there's no time to react. That's kind of a frustrating thing. And and then finally you get Kansas, okay, West Virginia, and you come back, and you're like, okay, your, your first road trip, everything was fine on the way there. Nobody tested positive. And as you know the story, they had what was apparently a false negative, and a couple of people made the trip, not players, but made the trip. You're in this incubation on an airplane, the hotel, the rooms, the meetings. And they come back, they come back the next day, they test after the game, and two people tested positive. Those were the staff members. Nobody on the football team did. And then the next test, the numbers just skyrocketed to a point where there were 28 players, 14 staff members. And and they had to shut down Oklahoma State. I know Oklahoma State was chirping a little bit, you know, and, hey, they just happened to be the one. And now you have Florida and Ole Miss and others who are there. And it has been – I don't know how Dave Aranda, first-year coach, and then no spring drills, and then all this, and other people are going through this as well. But it's got to be very frustrating for the staff. Well, and that's uh, that's where I wanted to to take this with you. Um, talking to David Smoke, longtime talk show host, uh, uh, of course, Sikkim three sixty five radio, and you know Matt Rule developed a a great culture there. Obviously, I mean, from what he inherited, what twenty nine scholarship guys, and and he goes one and eleven to seven and six to eleven and one in the regular season last year. And how much of that culture um, is is helping Baylor right now? I mean, obviously the sample size is small, but they they housed Kansas as as you should house Kansas right, right now, um, and then played a tough West Virginia team into double overtime. And, uh, you know, just and, – and if you don't mind talking a little bit about the culture that Matt Rule established there and how Aranda has, has taken it over and either, you know, changed it or kept it the same. 
No, I think it's been a you know if they play well against Texas and lose that you know if they go out and stink it up then you know who knows but I think it's a huge factor in that you know they do that one and zero every week's one and zero every coach has their things UT does Baylor does everybody does but I think it's a huge factor that they've been able to handle it because it was always what's next and and or, or an injury who's up next that kind of thing and it was a culture these are. Some of the guys played defensively very well against Kansas, who they should, or they, which they should. And then, of course, against West Virginia, the offense was kind of stuck in the mud. But the guys that we didn't hear a lot of last year are playing well. Matt Rule's philosophy, a couple of things he had. He wanted players to be peaking in their fourth and fifth year, like the old school way. You know, you marinate for your redshirt freshman, and then you start to – and then by the time you're a junior or senior, you're, you're a man. You're a grown man. And I think we're seeing some of those guys play. And I think we saw some of them step up against West Virginia. And also, this group, if you think about it, Chip, they have been through more than off-field distractions. Some of them were here when all hell was breaking loose back in 16, 15, 16, 17, 1 and 11. They've heard it all. They've seen it all. They've been attached to certain things that weren't unfair to them. And so I think that there's really nothing that affects them. Now, it, it – the lack of reps, the lack of practices, the lack of games, I think will affect them. But I think they've been through so much, it's just not that big of a deal. It's okay, no game, what do we do next? And that's what they've told us as well so far this week. Well, obviously, whenever uh, Texas and Baylor get together these days, it starts with the quarterbacks, Sam Ellinger, Charlie Brewer. They know each other well. Michael Brewer, uh, Charlie's yep. dad, of course, played quarterback at the University of Texas. And I, I guess I was surprised to see when I looked at the Big 12 um, stats that Charlie right now is dead last in pass efficiency in the Big 12. You know, obviously, um, I think the world of him, and obviously he was the quarterback of that team that went 11-1 and in the regular season. How would you rate Charlie's uh, start to the season? I, I would think that even Charlie would probably say it's unacceptable. Uh, he threw a bad pick at the end of the game against West Virginia, the one in overtime, double overtime. Uh, there was another pick that I think a route was it was a miscommunication mis, uh, with a route. You know, he had no time. And, you know, again, Ellinger's a lot of time running for his life as well. Uh, Charlie, early in that game against West Virginia, there was a play at the sideline when he got pushed at the sideline and was pushed into one of those big um, metal air conditioning units. And it, it kind of affected – I think he had a, a like a, a bruised quad. If you look at that game, there were times when I expected him to take off and he just – there was nothing there. And and that hurt him And because that's kind of like he's got that ability, that instinct to just find a way. And he's always done that. And I think that hurt him. He also didn't have a lot of time. They, they had a right tackle from UCLA, Jake Burton, transfer in. He didn't play the first game. He then played guard against West Virginia, which was very interesting. They had a uh, they they had the off. Xavier Newman didn't play in the opening game; he had been suspended, and it was a mess. And and uh, and and so he didn't have a lot of time. The Stills brothers just ate them alive. They just own Baylor, you know. They just that's just they own them. And so it was a mess. Now there are there's some chatter about Charlie's arm strain. There's chatter about whether or not he's taken too many hits. I've talked to his father. I've talked to Kenny Boyd, who you know that was at Texas, about a lot of things. Everything about Charlie Brewer has been cleaned uh, as far as all the, all the testing. But I, I think West Virginia is not bad. They have a pretty good defense. 
they when the game got frenetic though chip he started being charlie brewer you know that's just kind of like i asked him today in a media session would you rather be in a methodical west coast type offense whatever fedora wants to run quick releases or are you better when it gets crazy and frenetic? And I think he plays better when it's crazy and frenetic. Like Ellinger late in the games lately, you know? Right. He said he, he thinks he can play both ways. But um, I, I think, in fact, today when Charlie was available, he looked like he was waiting for a root canal. He, had, he did not want to have anything to do with that media session. It's not that he was. He's a great kid, just like Sam. He is – I think he's heard some of the chatter about Bohannon and Zeno and, you know – and, and this is a fan base. And he's done a really good job of separating that. But believe me, he hears it. And I think he's had to sit on that for a couple of weeks, plus the loss. And I think I saw a very focused – doesn't mean he'll go out and play well Saturday. But I think Charlie Brewer pretty fed up with what he's heard for the last two weeks. And so you hope with at least a little bit of practice, the offensive line just makes a few plays, makes a few blocks, and they give him a chance to make some plays. Talking to David Smoke, uh, Sikkim 365 Radio, and uh, we'll be right back with David. So don't uh, don't go anywhere right here on the flagship podcast. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. David, um, let's talk about where this Baylor team is strong and where there are question marks right now. Well, the question marks is what I've mentioned, the offensive line. It's, you know, the first year when Rule did arrive in 17, they were 1-11, they had six scholarship offensive linemen, and they've been trying to flood that position with, you know, scholarships, transfers, whatever they could. And that's why when they got Burton from UCLA and he showed up at the first practice and he's helping call plays for guys who have been there for two or three years and they're like, wow, who is a seasoned veteran, you know? But he, then he couldn't play. He, had, he was one of those guys that missed a game because he had COVID. And so um, – and then Newman being out. That's still where their question marks are. No matter if they lost James Lynch, James Lockhart, and Bravion Roy, who were great last year on the defensive line, they have bodies there. They can do something with them who's there. But the offensive line, to me, is the biggest question. And if, you, and, and, and if, they, don't, if they don't figure that out, they're not going to win many games. They're just not. And, and the, other, the strengths of this team, obviously, Ebner and, and Lovett at running back, they can do anything. They both catch the ball out of the backfield. Ebner, of course, both of them are kick and punt returners if you need them to be, and they're tough too. I thought one of the strengths was going to be at wide receiver, even though they lost Denzel Mims to the NFL, but nobody has really stepped up to be that guy. They've not been able to get Tyquan Thornton loose, who's the speed burner from Florida, who was a you know, guy who made a lot of plays last year. He hasn't been able to get untracked. Dave Aranda admitted the wide receivers of not getting separation when they need to. And Charlie today defended him and said, well, when it's third and long, it's hard to get separation because most of the time, you know, people know that it's not going to be a five or six yard pass. They're going to back up on you and then all of a sudden lock in. You know, their kicking game is, was a strength last year, Chip, but they've missed those two field goals in the first half against West Virginia that are normally automatic. They missed those two, and that came back to haunt them. The punt game was okay. So that should be a strength, and we'll see if that improves. 
in the game with Texas. But in, it's still they are still a team that wants to win the game with their defense and field position. Even with all the losses of who they lost, Graylin Arnold's in the NFL, and I mentioned the other guys, uh, they still want to win the game by winning with defense, which is, of course, unique in the Big 12. And then winning the field position battle, maybe getting a couple of, you know, field goals here and there, and hopefully that Charlie gives you a couple of drives and you win 24-20, 20-17-20. That's what they did last year a lot. And, and so they have – a lot of players gone from last year's defense. But as I mentioned earlier, a lot of guys played just enough, and now these are grown men, and it's their time. And I think that we saw them step up against West Virginia. They forced, what was it, three turnovers against West Won the turnover battle, but they just missed those opportunities with the field goal kicking, and then and the offense was just stuck in the mud. I want, I'm going to ask you about uh, Terrell Bernard in just a second, but how different is what they're doing defensively this year from the rush three, drop eight, that they they played to perfection last year. Yeah, that was so much fun. You know, last year they were like a boa constrictor. They just got on you, and then slowly but surely you're starting to drive at the 40. The next time it's at the 27. The next time you're, you're on 10, and then and and they just would suck the wind out of you. This defense has a little bit of that in them, but they're much more trying to create havoc. They're like Bernard, who's you mentioned is they're blitzing him a lot. I mean, he had a big blitz and a scoop and score his first start last year against Oklahoma State, but they're bringing pressure from all different directions. Last year, they could put pressure on the quarterback with their front line, with Lockhart, Lynch, and even Bravion Roy disrupted a lot. This year, they're having to come from different directions. And so it is different, and it didn't seem to affect them in the game against Kansas, which it shouldn't, although Kansas hit him a couple of times early. Puka got loose one time. And against West Virginia – even when the offense had nothing, you could see the defense was winning those battles, getting the ball back, and, and looked like they were playing as much as if they'd been in that system for five or six years, much less just for six or eight months. That's, that's so impressive because obviously Texas has nine starters back, and defensively, it's been a sieve. I mean, they're giving up yeah. 47.3 points per game in Big 12 play. So, um, And then Tom Herman reminded us that he had Terrell Bernard committed to him at Houston. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here going, how on earth did that kid not get, you know, taken over with Herman to Texas? Yeah, I know. But that was a mat They won that battle. I mean, and even Phil Bennett, who we have on every Monday, said they knew about Terrell Bernard. They were on him even then. You know, they he was a he's a he might be, he might be the best defensive player in the Big 12. I know that there's others that will be a part of that conversation, but he said he's special now. He For sure. I mean, when he when he gets there, there's there's something someone's getting hurt, you know. I mean, he's a fantastic player. Uh, Baylor's defense will obviously face their best offense they face because of what UT's been able to do and putting up points, although at times they hurt themselves. But Terrell Bernard is fantastic. And you're right. Herman mentioned that in his press conference. He had Bernard committed to Houston. And then all of a sudden, when you get a new coaching staff come in and they start looking around, who can we find? I think there might have been a couple of, hey, go down this kid, Houston, this guy from Bernard, this Terrell Bernard. And he has – and here's the thing. He didn't start last year until Clay Johnston went out with the injury after the Oklahoma game or during the game. And the next game at Oklahoma State, he has the scoop and score. He might have been still playing but not getting as much time if Clay Johnston had not gone out in that game against Oklahoma. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, I think Terrell Bernard is, is as good a player as we have in the, in the Big 12 on defense. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, He's spectacular. 
Yeah. I mean, what, uh, any other, you know, players to watch? I mean, if, if Baylor's going to win this game on Saturday, how, you know, how and who, uh, get it done. I, I obviously Charlie Brewer has to start better, has to start better. Doesn't mean that he has to take his first drive 80 yards and, and throw a touchdown. Doesn't mean he have to hit, you know, hit one big. He has to start better because I think, you know, he's just kind of, he's the heart of that team, even though other players are really good. And, and, and there's been the chatter about what Charlie's been doing or not. He's still the heart of that team. They go how he goes, period. And, but I think they're going to have to win the game with a special teams touchdown, which we know Texas does a good job with. I mean, as far as their return game as well, they, they, they're good at blocking things. I think they're going to have to score at least one touchdown on special team in some way or set up a really short field. They're going to have to make two or three field goals and they're going to need a couple of, you know, two or three drives. I I, I know that Texas is going to score some points. Now we do. We know that. I, I don't think Baylor right now offensively, and if I'm wrong, that's a good thing because that means their offense woke up and got going. I don't think they're going to be able to win a shootout. I don't think that, you know, and Texas has had their fairs and share of shootout, Texas Tech, and obviously with Oklahoma as well. I think Baylor's got to kind of keep this thing manageable in the in like under 30, and I don't know. We don't know if they can or not, but they're going to have to score with special teams, and they're going to have to have even maybe a some sort of a defensive score or a short field because of that to me for them to win this game. I don't know what to expect. I'll be honest with you. When they played UT last year, I just got the feeling they were just going to just chew them up, and they did. I don't know what to expect. They haven't they, – they didn't practice from October 7th until Sunday. How about that? And, and they needed the week after the game with Oklahoma State – or the week – yeah, the week after West Virginia, they had a bye week. They needed – practice because the offensive line has not been you know meshing together have a lot of them haven't been around and then they lost that week as well the Dave Aranda did say Chip that they had a couple of practices before the shutdown that were really good now that's could be coach speak or that could have actually they had two good practices before they were shut down I just don't know if they've had enough practices no matter if they were playing Texas or Kansas State or Texas Tech or anybody, I, I don't know what to expect from them on Saturday, especially on the offense. I think the defense will play well because the defense is really good. Yeah, and, that, and that's something. I mean, you lose nine starters from the yeah. defense. That's a credit to Dave Aranda to have these guys ready to go. And I think Texas fans look at the fact that Baylor didn't practice from October 7th until Sunday and think, okay, Wow, are they going to be ready? But yeah. this Baylor team seems to be resilient because I think West Virginia is going to end up being a good football team. Their defense is getting better, and that was a that was a tight game. Yeah, and and then we saw what they did the next game, and and I know it was against Kansas, but West Virginia is going to play good defense. You know, three of the top five teams I think in America right now, yards per player for the Big Twelve, and again, Kansas is a common denominator there. Baylor and West Virginia's offenses aren't lighting anything up either, but I think that says quite a bit. And Oklahoma State's played pretty well. I think West Virginia, their defense is good. Those Stills brothers are fantastic. Brown, I think, is the running back. He's really pretty good. They got, they got kind of a team that will have to win games in the 27 to 30 range or less, too. And Baylor was in one of those, and they just happened to, to lose that one. Last year, they won those games against Iowa State, against Texas Tech, and against one or two other teams. They won those in this year, and it was because of missed field goals that hurt them, too. They didn't win that game this time. 
Yeah, special teams, these teams, Texas and Baylor, kind of mirror each other. Texas has Deshaun Jameson. Baylor has Treston Ebner. Yep. Um, the field goals, though, as you mentioned, uh, they they had John Mayers, and he, he I think he's one of three, and then they had another kid with a – Yeah, Rauschenberg, who tried to kick a long one, and, it, and it, it didn't, he didn't make that one either. They, Mayers last year was money. I mean, they, he was money, and – when they needed the clutch field goal, every time he made it, whether it was, it was to win the game against, what, Texas Tech, it was to win the game against Iowa State when they blew a 20-point lead, he was money. And he made a couple early this year. But then you miss one early, and then you miss another, the next thing you know. And, and you, you make one or two field – I'm a big believer in making field goals. I know you want to score touchdowns, but I've always been a big believer in getting a couple field goals in a game, adding to that, that's kind of like extra money, and, and they didn't this time. I think Mayers will bounce back. I think the special teams guys, some of them were out because of COVID, but I think that they've had enough time for them to get away and go do their own thing as far as practicing. So we'll see what happens with that. But, of course, Dicker, we know how solid he has been as well, despite the block against Oklahoma. Yeah, and Texas has had a couple of blocked punts Yeah, um, against Texas Tech and against yeah. OU. And, and I, I'm telling you, that's what Baylor did really well under Matt Rule. They came after you. They blocked field goals. They blocked punts. They they were really good at that, and I think they're going to have to try to come up with something like that, especially anytime you're on the road, because that can really give you some momentum and adrenaline when you do something on special teams on the road. Well, um, talking to David Smoke, host of – Sikkim 365 radio and Smokey before we let you go Baylor basketball yeah I mean Scott Drew may have the number one team in the country just talk about the level of excitement there at Baylor with regard to this basketball team in fact he's about to have a zoom meeting here pretty soon he's going to start those uh, in fact today man they when Butler and Teague test dip their toes in the water just to test the NBA there was a thought they would not lose Butler, they might lose Teague. And then Teague decides he's coming back, and Butler does as well. They are stacked. We know, we know what Texas has everyone back, plus Greg Brown. We know what Kansas can do, no matter the dark clouds there, among others. Uh, they have, and they have some guys that didn't even play last year, Flagler and a couple of others. Uh, I, I think they're going to be really good. And I'll tell you right, they better be, because their schedule is really dynamic. I love it. I just saw the SEC challenge came out. UT's going to play Kentucky. I think Baylor has uh, Auburn. But uh, after last year, they were so good, and then things got shut down in Kansas City. The expectations for Scott Drew and company are higher than I've ever seen in my 11 years covering Baylor. As, as high, You remember the, they had a team when they were really good, and Perry Jones came in as a highly recruited player. And yep. that team ended up they – they just did not quite ever get – they were good, but they weren't that good everybody's back they lost you know Tristan Clark might be the key to this team he's the big guy inside because they lose yeah. Freddie Gillespie he was fantastic Tristan Clark is someone they got to bring him along last year missed a lot of games because of the injury but he can be a difference maker for him because of his size inside David Smoke there he is uh Smokey and you can catch him uh on Sikkim 365 radio um yeah. Every every weekday afternoon, when when uh, where can people find you, Smokey? We're on the Sikkim three sixty five free app. We're on, and now we're in a broadcast studio. We got television. It's it's a video on a brand new broadcast studio. YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, Alexa, 
And then also on Sikkim365.com. So we're all over the place. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a great ride since we started in April. Well, fantastic. Congratulations on that. And thanks so much for the time as hey, we preview Anytime, Texas and Baylor. Chip, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. There he is, David Smoke. And uh, for David Smoke, I'm Chip Brown. Thanks to everyone for listening in to the flagship podcast preview of the Texas Baylor game. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.